1: My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm going to take a step back. I want you to take a step back. I actually want you to stop doing whatever you're doing. I want you to stop for a minute, and I want you to listen to my voice. Because what I'm about to do is I'm going to share some information with you about myself and about several million other people that you may or may not be aware of. I'm getting at the concept that I'm a veteran. And that there are millions of veterans in the United States. It's because of these veterans that you and I have the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. It's because of these veterans that you're not a lampshade or speaking German right now. Yeah, I'm just I know that was very, very rude. That was very crass. But that goes back to an event that occurred not too long ago. I'm referring to something called World War II. And World War II was a massive mobilization of Americans to go fight against evil in the world. And what did the Americans do? Well, along with our veterans, along with our our fellow allies, we stuffed evil back in its place. Now, that doesn't mean evil hasn't gotten back out. Evil gets out. Evil exists in this world. But because of the veteran... Because of the service of the veteran, you're not dealing with the level of evil that you could be dealing with. Now, what I want to share with you is I want to share with you some insight, some insight into my mind, some insight into the mind of a veteran that maybe that veteran hasn't bothered to tell you about or share with you what's going on in their mind. But this is unique to veterans. It's also unique, in Al's opinion, to first responders. But first responders don't necessarily go into the same threat that we as veterans go into. What am I talking about? Talking about armed conflict. Now, there are first responders that go into armed conflict. Don't get me wrong. I understand that to be a true statement in America today. But veterans, military veterans, have to be prepared to go into harm's way at the drop of a hat, at a moment's notice, immediately, that's how we live our lives or how we used to live our lives so let me share with you this this poem if you will to everyone who has served our nation fought in her wars and conflicts who wore the uniform with pride the words i'm about to speak to you ring true especially to you to everyone out there everyone else out there i should say this will give you some insight into our mindset we are veterans. We left home as teenagers in our early 20s for an unknown adventure. We love our country enough to defend it and protect it with our own lives. We said goodbye to friends and family and everything we knew. We learned the basics and then we scattered in the wind to the far corners of the earth. We found new friends and family. We became brothers and sisters, regardless of race, creed, or color. We had plenty of good times and plenty of bad times. We didn't get enough sleep. We smoked and we drank way too much. We picked up both good and bad habits. We worked hard and we played even harder. We didn't earn a great wage. We experienced the happiness of mail call and the sadness of missing important events in our lives. We didn't know when or even if we were ever going to see home again. We grew up fast and yet somehow we never grew up at all. We fought for our freedom as well as the freedom of others. Some of us saw actual combat. Some of us didn't. Some of us saw the world. Some of us didn't. Some of us dealt with physical warfare. Most of us dealt with psychological warfare. We have seen and experienced and dealt with things that we can't fully describe or explain as not all of our sacrifices were physical in nature. We participated in time-honored ceremonies and rituals with each other, strengthening our bonds and our camaraderie. We counted on each other to get our job done and sometimes to survive it at all. We have dealt with victory and tragedy. We have celebrated and mourned. We have lost a few along the way. When our adventure was over, some of us went back home. Some of us started something new or somewhere new. And some of us never came home at all. We have told amazing and hilarious stories of our exploits and our adventures. We share an unspoken bond with each other that most people don't experience and few will understand. We speak highly of our own branch of service, and we poke fun at the other branches. We know, however, that if needed, we will be there for our brothers and our sisters and stand together as one in a heartbeat. Being a veteran is something that had to be earned, and it can never be taken away. It has no monetary value, but it has the same time, but at the same time, I should say, It's a priceless gift. People see a veteran and they thank them for their service. When we see each other, we give a little upwards head nod or a slight smile knowing that we have shared and experienced things that most people have not. So from myself to the rest of the veterans out there, I commend and I thank you for all that you have done and sacrificed for your country. Try to remember the good times. Try to forget the bad times. More importantly, share your stories and your experiences. But most importantly, stand tall and proud for you have earned the right to be called a veteran. And I love this country. It hits me in an emotional place in my body. And it makes me realize that there are people out there right now in harm's way that are defending Our way of life against evil against tyranny against all things that would be oppressive to the United States of America and even though we have people within our own country that that would love to see this country overthrown the strength of the people that don't want to see it over overthrown I think completely outweighs those that would want to see its disaster and as a result of that we are a very strong nation. We're a, we're a nation of citizens. We're a nation of veterans. And we're a nation of people that care about the United States of America. Now, you're probably wondering why I brought all this up. I mean, you're probably saying, okay, Al, that was, that was a tearjerker. Thanks for that. But, but why bring that up on a Thursday? Well, here's why I bring it up on a Thursday. Because on Saturday, that's right, two days from now, November 11th, guess what day it is? It's Veterans Day. What do most of you do on Veterans Day? Whatever you want. It's a holiday, right? Now, it happens to fall on a Saturday. So what most employers are going to do is they're going to give you tomorrow off, right? They're going to give you Friday off. So you're going to take the day off and you're going to go out and have a good time. You're going to party. You're going to do whatever you do on, on a holiday because you get the day off, right? But maybe you ought to spend a little bit of that time reflecting on the people that gave you the freedom to take that day off. There is a statistic out there that I hate. Yeah, and you know me, I'm a stats guy, and I love giving you stats, right? But there is one statistic out there that I absolutely despise, and here it is. The number of veterans that pass away every day by their own hand. I am talking about the suicide rate of veterans, and it's, it's gotten a little bit better, but it's, it's still there. It's still there. What am I getting at? Well, you've, you've probably heard the politicians talk about the 22, the 22 that die. You've heard a lot of people on YouTube or your social media platforms talking about the 22 a day. The 22 a day refers to the number of veterans that take their own lives. Now, why does this happen? Man, I'll tell you, if we knew why it happened, we could stop it, right? We're not 100% sure why it happens. We're, we're pretty confident it has to do with mental illness. We're, we're pretty confident it might also have to do with physical illness, pain, things like that. And, and as, as a person that lives in a body that deals with mental illness, yes, I deal with mental illness. I deal with physical illness. I spent 27 years in the United States Army. I have been tossed around like a rag doll. Yeah, I don't even know what that reference was was in reference to. But it sounded kind of interesting being tossed around like a rag doll. Yeah, what does that mean? It means in my younger life, back when I was, you know— strong and vigorous and, uh, you know, nothing could hurt me. I, I went into harm's way from time to time, and I found myself blown up, tossed around, uh, shot at. Yeah, I've, I've experienced all that stuff. And the result of all of that stuff is a body that's almost 60 years old that's dealing with the, the effects of all that stuff. Yeah, I, I am dealing with the effects of what occurred to me in my earlier life. I have had major surgeries. I have just been notified as as of this morning that i 'm probably set for two more major surgeries. yeah, so Al's not a happy camper when it comes to you know the surgeries and stuff and and you know, and I start to think what if i didn 't do the military thing what What if I chose to do something else maybe maybe i wouldn't be going through what i 'm going through, but I also know in the back of my mind that whatever I did in the military was an integral part of the overall defense of this country it kept you from having to go to war it kept you from having war in your backyard it kept you as an american citizen insulated from the effects of violence and actions on the objective wow i just got a little military on you sorry about that let me put colonel al back in the box all right colonel al is back in the box and now you get al the lifestyles unlimited real estate investor guy yeah i'm I'm the same guy i'm the totally same guy and and here's Here's what I want to share with you. I want to share with you that there's, there's a different approach to doing whatever you're doing for retirement. Now, what, what does that have to do with everything that I've just talked about with military service? It has everything to do with what I just talked about for military service. Because what I did for military service protected your way of life in America. And one of the things that is available to you as a United States citizen is the ability for you to retire from a job. Now, most of America has you plugged into believing that's going to take many, many years, and you're going to get to an age of, I don't know, 60, 70 years of age, maybe 80 in some cases, and you'll built up this big bag of money, and you'll you'll make a decision to stop working and start living off that bag of money, hoping that you die before that bag of money runs out. And that is a terrible recipe for your future. It's a ter- I mean, imagine if the United States military went into World War II trying to, you know, Approach World War II with that kind of concept. Yeah, it's a terrible concept. It does not work. The the idea of retiring on a bag of money only works for a very small subset of people. And they have really, really big bags of money. Not everybody gets that really, really big bag of money. So what do you do? What do you do? You change what you're doing. You change the trajectory of your life. When I was a high schooler, I wanted to get to a place of peace, love, joy, health, wealth, and happiness. And I was taught that in order to do that, I had to go to school, get good grades, get into college, get more good grades, get into the workforce, start earning, start trading time for money, start saving a big bag of money. In my case, I couldn't afford college. So what did I do? That's how the military entered my life. I traded my freedoms as a United States citizen for a uniform in the United States Army. And I spent 27 plus years of my life trading time for money. Yes, I did that. I traded time for money serving our nation. And when my time was over, I had earned a pension. Now, many of you have heard this story before. And I'm sorry to tell it to you again, but it's, it's my story. It's the only story I have. I tried to live off of that pension, not really understanding how little that pension provided to me in the way of income for my household. I had a huge problem, a huge problem. I was trying to live off of one third of what I used to make, and it wasn't working. I had to do what most military retirees have to do. I had to go back into the workforce, back into the workforce. Now, get this. I tasted retirement. I tasted retirement. When I retired from the military, I stopped working. There was no job to go to anymore because I was retired from the military. So what did I do? I tried to get back into the workforce because that's what we're taught to do as military retirees. Everybody in the military who has retired understands how difficult it is to try and live off of that pension. It is very difficult to do. So I went back into the workforce, trading more time for money. Till I found Lifestyles Unlimited, till I found a different kind of veteran, a veteran of real estate, a guy by the name of Dell Wamsley. When we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you about Dell. Stick around.
0: Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. A reminder from Del Wamsley, CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited. Remember this, sellers, motivated sellers are found, but deals are made. It's valuable information. Learn how to find those motivated sellers and get the deals done. Join our free online workshop and learn how to retire in five years or less at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Once again, that's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show.
1: Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon. And as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And just a reminder that Veterans Day is just around the corner. It is Saturday, November 11th. Go out and find a veteran. Shake their hand. And all you have to do is say simply, thank you. And I will tell you this. You will make a difference in that veteran's life. You really will. I have people that do that to me. When they come up to me and they just say, thank you for your service, and they shake my hand, it touches me. It, it makes me feel like I accomplished something, something very, very important. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about a different kind of veteran. This guy is a veteran of real estate investing. This guy is the founder and CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited. This guy is also my mentor. This is the guy that taught me how I could get myself from a place of non-retirement, even though I was I was sort of retired, to a place of retirement in five years or less. The, the information was so intensive that I laid out a five-year plan and get this, I got it done in two years. And I owe it to Del Wamsley for creating Lifestyles Unlimited and to, well, for his three rules of investing. Del Wamsley's three rules of real estate investing. Now, I've already told you Dell's the founder and the CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited, and he has taught and lived by these fundamental rules in his investing career. And and these rules that I'm talking about, they make so much sense that you might not comprehend them at first. Let these rules sink in. Once you embrace them, you'll wonder why you ever let yourself put money into risky investments. These ideas aren't new. They're based on timeless principles that, that have been around for thousands of years. They're the same principles that Benjamin Franklin used to create a massive amount of wealth over two centuries ago. They're the same principles that Andrew Carnegie used, and he passed on to Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book Think and Grow Rich, which I've talked about on this show. Napoleon Hill, Warren Buffett, and even Dale Wamsley have been screaming from the mountaintops for the last hundred years, but only a few people have actually listened, and even less will take action based on this knowledge. Many stock investors look up to Warren Buffett for guidance, but they don't realize that Buffett is in a very different business than they're in. Warren Buffett's not sitting behind his PC on a discount online trading account, buying and selling stocks for 401k. Warren Buffett is buying entire companies at wholesale pricing with other people's money. That's what Buffett does. Warren Buffett finds companies that he can buy for 50 cents on the dollar. In other words, he's sticking to Dell's first rule of investing, which is this, don't lose money. Now, Dell Wamsley learned to do the same thing in his favorite asset class, real estate. He teaches us how to buy properties for 50 cents on the dollar. And when you buy an asset so cheap, it's very hard to lose money on that asset. What about other people's money versus personal money? Well, Buffett uses the power of leverage to amplify his wealth exponentially. And when you're Using the power of leverage to buy assets for 50 cents on the dollar, well, you just can't get rich slow. Rule number one, here it is again, in case you didn't get it the first time, don't lose money. Now, Dell teaches us to only invest our money into assets that don't risk our principal. Well, can you lose your principal while investing in stocks? Absolutely. Sometimes rebound. And that's kind of what we've been seeing it do but we should have known it was going to happen because it's happened before. But what about wholesale real estate? What about buying real estate at wholesale prices? Can you lose your principal when investing in real estate at 50 cents on the dollar? Well, only if you screw it up, because it's hard to lose money when you're at the ground floor of pricing. So what's rule number two, Al? Simply this, whatever you purchase, has to cash flow. Now cash flow is the foundation of Del Wamsley's philosophy and the way we as Lifestyles Unlimited members build our wealth. We call cash flow the cake while everything else is the icing. Do not buy, let me say it again, do not buy an asset unless it cash flows. Because if you only buy assets that cash flow do you really care if they go down in value? What's going on in the real estate markets right now, based on what you know, that we've moved from a seller's market more into a buyer's market, and that it's becoming a little bit more difficult for sellers to sell property, right? So what tends to happen is sellers may make concessions by lowering their prices so that they can meet the buyer midway. But if you're only buying assets that cash flow, do you really care if they go down in value? Because it's the cash flow that matters. And that doesn't change. That lease, unless you put it in there, does not allow for market fluctuations. Now sometimes, like during the last recession, cash flow increases even though the single family values went down. If you buy investment property using Dell's first rule, you're not going to lose money if they go down in value because you bought at wholesale prices. And here's the other reason. Just because the value went down doesn't mean you have to sell. You don't have to sell if the value goes down. You can sit there and operate that property until the value comes back up and then goes up even higher. And let's say you do have to sell and you bought the property for 50 cents on the dollar. And let's say the property value came down to 80 cents per on the dollar and you've got to sell for whatever reason, you've got to sell. Do you think there's some insulation in there to protect you from losing money? I think so. So what's rule number three? Well, you can't get rich slow. Yeah, you can't get rich slow. What's Dell talking about? It's it's another paradox. I mean, if the first two rules seem conservative compared to what you're used to, and they are, but if you follow them, you can't get rich slow. Isn't that interesting? If you become more conservative and only put your money in solid assets, you actually outperform the so-called aggressive investors that are out there did you know that so so how does it work well simply put once you become a money-making machine and you will become a money-making machine people will literally throw their money at you they will they'll throw their money at you once they see your success people will say well hey al um i see that you're very successful with real estate maybe i've got some money over here maybe we could partner It's up to you whether you want to partner with somebody that doesn't know how to do it. That's up to you. But people will begin to literally throw their money at you because you will begin to harness the power of leverage like Warren Buffett has done and Del Wamsley has done. The banks will give you loans. Yes, banks will give you loans. People will trust you enough to become your passive partners. Your investment base will become massively larger than what you could have accomplished on your own. Regardless of what you choose to do with real estate investing, no matter how big you become, these three rules, they're kind of like your groundwork. That's exactly what they are. You have to keep these three rules in your arsenal at all times because they will guide your business practices. So let me hit you with all three of them one more time. Rule number one, Say it with me, don't lose money. Rule number two, say it with me. It has to cash flow. Rule number three, say it with me. You can't get rich slow. Pretty simple, pretty, pretty simple. It's like why why didn't I think of that? Yeah, I, I, seriously, aren't you thinking that? I'm I mean, that's what I'm thinking. It's like it is it is so simplistically simple, it's brilliant, it's brilliant, and it is designed to help us create a framework for investing where we don't lose money, we get the cash flow that we need, and we don't get rich slow because we are doing things in accordance with how it needs to be done in order to manage and operate our assets. And then when the time comes to dispose of our assets, now some of you think when I said dispose, that means, it means get rid of, get rid of our asset. And, and how do we dispose of an asset? We don't throw it away, we sell it. When we sell that asset, we trade it to usually another investor that has a business plan for it, given its current state of wherever it's at, and they have a business plan that they're going to pursue on that property. When we sell that property, we realize all of the gains that we made when we bought that property. I just blew your mind, didn't I? I just took you way back, like a year, two, three years in the past, and I said, when we sell that property, we realize all the gains that we created when we bought that property, what am I getting at? I'm getting at the concept that you make your money when you buy a property. You realize the gains when you actually transact the property on a sale or possibly a cash-out refinance. But if we're disposing of the property, we're going to sell the property. Now, what do we do when we dispose of the property and we sell the property? What's, what's the first thing we should be thinking? Well, the first thing we should be thinking is not to lose money. We now have money in our hand. We don't need to lose that money. So what do we need to do with that money? We need to put it back into another asset or two. And what do do those assets have to do? They have to cash flow, right? And because we're putting money that came from one asset potentially into two assets to replace the one asset that we transacted or we disposed of, if you will, we're actually working along the progression of we can't get rich slow because we just traded in one asset for two assets. And those assets should be poised to do the exact same thing that that other asset that we disposed of did for us. Pretty mind boggling, isn't it? Pretty mind boggling. So what do you need to do? What do you need to do to wrap your head around all of this stuff? Well, the first thing you need to do, and I'm just going to tell you what it is, you need to become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. And if not Lifestyles Unlimited, go out and find an organization that's like Lifestyles Unlimited. Good luck. Good luck finding it. They don't exist, but good luck finding it. That's why I suggest you should just join Lifestyles Unlimited. You should. What you really should do is just go to lifestylesunlimited.com. When you get there, poke around a little bit. See what's there. There's articles there. All of our radio shows get repurposed into podcasts. They exist there. There's also an opportunity for you to sign up for something called a free workshop. What's a free workshop? Well, it's a free workshop. That's what it is. It is an opportunity for you to get the entry-level information that we provide to everybody that is interested in becoming a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. It's an hour and a half opportunity for you to decide whether or not membership in lifestyles unlimited makes sense to you or it doesn't it's as simple as that so remember the three rules don't lose money it has to cash flow and you can't get rich slow and go to lifestylesunlimited.com and sign up for that free workshop so we can get you going